With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The hyphen divine hyphen And of course, I welcome my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, EarthCam page. My YouTube audience, please come on in, three yards, come on in, please go free and talk to the audience, the URL, 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 the
along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with, all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and empowerment, the place from where I begin, the place from where I crystallize and realize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is, I say. Today is Friday, July 30th. This would have been my maternal grandmother, my mother's mother's 90th birthday. May she rest in heaven. May she rest in a room. This July 30th, 2021. And I am emanating, vibrating with you now, live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince, sharing with you in not only, you know, the herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, and, and traditions, and, of course, uh, our beloved Denise Augustine, and she says she'll be here Monday. She will be here Monday. Uh, she's caught traffic right now, but she'll be here Monday. Uh, she says our, indeed, our sacred story. And, indeed, these are our sacred stories. They're first our personal stories, our individual stories as a soul, as spirit, as a human being. And, indeed, each and every living, breathing individual has stories to share, to tell, to encourage, to promote, to motivate others to change their circumstances to change the, the, the look of the illusion, to meet the challenge, and indeed rise to the occasion of becoming greater gods and goddesses. If you don't understand, that is indeed my understanding of our human journey, is to integrate spirit, the divine, with earth and the physical and the human, and to create and to build greater gods and goddesses as we continue to move forward in our evolution. And who knows right now uh, to where and to what that might be. I certainly believe it's it's far beyond just heaven. We've talked uh, on many occasions on this show even about uh, uh, extraterrestrial intervention. So indeed there are, and and it fits right into the math of string theory, the notion of other worlds, of other realities that mirror this reality, but also worlds that don't mirror this reality, Uh, i.e., albeit heaven and hell, uh, that exists beyond this physical plane existence of which we we operate in. So voodoo, an ancient fond word meaning spirit, indeed is about spiritual power, spiritual empowerment, Navigating the realm of spirit. And, I, and I've always said, and I've always taught, and I quote myself, spiritual knowledge and power lies in its efficacy, its ability to produce and manifest powerful, reliable, tangible, lasting manifestation and results. Right here, right now, in this most present moment in time space. For indeed, it's this moment that we have that we live and have our being and our operation in. Yesterday is a memory. 
and tomorrow it is but a dream. And so indeed, the magic, the voodoo, the fa, ifa, rest in what we do and how we feel and what we manifest and what we bring forward in our demonstration in this present moment. All else is vanity, all else is ego, all else is an illusion. And indeed, the creation of sacred space is critical to all that we do, we think, we say, we demonstrate, we bring forward in this space. And so I'm always humbled by my cousins, my blood cousins, Otron and Oloye, for helping in the creation of sacred space. We, we create a powerful triune, the three of us here. And in so doing, we open a portal, a dimensional space for understanding, for healing, for empowerment, for change, indeed for magic and for activism and for community building and, and nation building and all that good stuff. But, but indeed, I couldn't do it. I have done it and probably could continue to do it by myself. But the two of you bring a whole new dynamic to this space. And so I never wanted to be lost on you, my gratitude for your time, your energy, your ministries as individuals, but also for your power and your purpose. And, and I need you to know your names are in the mouths of many people you all have not even met yet. <laughs> My mother, some of her friends, uh, uh, both of our collective ministry communities. Uh, I did a powerful uh, podcast last night, a weekly podcast actually that I've been doing that uh, very few people really know about with uh the illustrious uh, Rainier Cheeks, Bishop Cheeks from Washington, D.C. If you aren't familiar with Rainier Cheeks, you better ask somebody. You better ask your Googles. You better ask your Bing. Uh, for short, put in Rainey, R-A-I-N-E-Y, last name Cheeks, C-H-E-E-K-S. And then you come back and tell me who the beloved Bishop Rainier Cheeks is. But we're building a virtual uh, another virtual temple space, um, and, and this one right now is particularly for LGBTQ who are religiously and spiritually inclined. So much like this audience, people who are coming from various religions, various denominations, various spiritual groups, uh, from from the Akan and the Yoruba and, and the Airway to Christianity, Islam, Judaism and are first addressing healing, our own inner healing. But then we will gradually evolve and and expand this uh, virtual spiritual space uh, to include the greater community uh, once we fine-tune all the the tweaks and the bugs that happen with with technology. So, indeed, I'm grateful for the technology, (laughs) but I'm also grateful for more so, my family, uh, my mom, my sister Wapani, uh, my cousin Otan, Ifa Tomiwa, my beloved cousin Oloye, Ifa Wole, Oladeji, Ifa Tande, uh, both of which are doing really powerful grassroots activism, ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry within their own communities. And we represent a broad spectrum of the United States. Uh, to my international audience. Uh, As you know, I reside and work and live in this beautiful enchanted city of New Orleans, Louisiana, historic Treme. 
Uh, my beloved cousin Otan is, is in Virginia, uh, in the Richmond area. Uh, and my uh, beloved cousin Oloye Ifawole is in that historic uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma area. I won't say anyone's particular neighborhood. They'll share that with you when you're ready to come and have an appointment with them. But um, we represent a large spectrum of community, of background, of interest. Um, and so we take a great deal of um, stewardship. I like that word stewardship, responsibility, uh, authority over, um, to, t- to put the work into, to, to protect and to, and to defend all the things that make up what good stewardship is. You know, somebody in my past life told me once that um, some of us are not millionaires yet because we are not good stewards of what we already have. And when I started looking at that on an international level, you know, what does $2,000 mean in New Orleans, in Chicago, versus, well, not versus, but in comparison to Cambodia, Ghana, Nigeria, Uganda, some of our, our nations in, 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 in the uh, uh, Central America and South America, Haiti, What's $2,000 in Haiti? And so having stewardship over what you have, taking care of it. Big Mom used to say, you got to take care of what I give you. If we give you toys, if we give you clothes, you take care of it. That's showing stewardship. Makes it last longer. Makes it look better. It also says a lot about who we are in terms of character. Some of us have a little bit of a military background. I know that's shocking for some of you that I might have a military background that I was once upon a time in the Army in a past life, you know. But we're also taught there about stewardship over your uniform, over your possessions, over the things in your space, and how that reflects on who and what we are and what we do. And so in our continuing topic, I want to allow Otan and Oloye to give their offerings and their greetings and salutations. And then we're going to continue on our week topic about uh, the church and religion. Uh, Let me say it verbatim. Uh, Why we hide our trauma inside of of religion. So, Otan, if you will, beloved, come on in. Greetings and greetings to my chat. I don't want to be able to say a divine Babalaya family uh, watching and listening. Uh, I want to give greetings and honors to my little friends, Babai, the Baya Latona, and Olawi, Isapoyen, Yalo Tay, Ebenike, Oyebola Latona, and Ile Edu. I would like to um, say I am looking forward to this continued topic. the beginning of the discussion um, was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed how we were able to connect to different things, different subjects, to all pull together for um, not just the commonality, but that it resonated with um, a lot of people, especially those that were watching and listening to the see in the chat. Um, I appreciate everyone sharing and look forward um, to you sharing more because this is possible because of you. So, um, there is no irrelevant um, situation. Please feel free to share. 
if you're not in that space where you're comfortable to do that, we still appreciate you. And I look forward to interacting with everyone. Blessings to you all. And I send the mic over to Father Larry. All right, thank you. A bit of a say to everyone, to my cousins, to everyone. I give thanks for another day of life. I give thanks for another day, Jerry. And so today, uh, in honor of uh, of the grandmother, I believe he said, of divine. Let me share prayer as Evangelist Sarah is just mother. My mother's oh, mother. Evangelist okay. Sarah is just mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let me give prayer for a boom today in honor of her. environment, trauma 
in our everyday life that sometimes we throw everything into religion. Sometimes the trauma that we deal with, man, you know, we, we have to be able to address it in a righteous way in order for us to manifest a full divine healing, a full healing. And when we don't have that, then sometimes it continues to stagnate us in choices and decisions and in the path that we have for ourselves and that the Creator has for us. So I leave you with that for right now, and I know that my cousins will will kind of guide, uh, just like Ochoci, once a wound clears the way, it is Ochoci that is the divine GPS that takes us where we need to go in the fastest possible way. So I give honor and give thanks to Ifan, to Alumate. And, you know, I've been kind of, even in my own life, in my own journey, I still have to give thanks to those who shared and gave to me. So let me do this and give thanks to to Oba Bifek Bene Fashem Fumsola. And let me give thanks now to Alumo Fashabun Atebe Alton in Oyo. Let me give honor and praise for those who are ele- who have elevated and are still helping me to elevate even to higher levels. And so uh, I give thanks. Uh, I just give I, I give thanks. Ashe, and, and, and I want to join you in giving thanks to all of those um, uh, priests and priestess and, and Babalaos and, and Ionitas that came before, um, many of whom I've, I've featured here in this space. Um, I featured here in my house in, in ceremony, um, and, and I don't call their names out here in, in this space uh, quite uh, enough. Uh, and particularly, um, I will eat Pastor Ken, may he rest in our room, and uh, Ianifa um, Mama Yeye, from, from, both from the Georgia, state of Georgia, um, may they both rest in a room, and, and many others who, you know, again, I often don't mention, often don't have time to mention, uh, but it's certainly in my activities as a Akum priest and, and a practitioner of ancestors, uh, we pour libation, we feed these ancestors, and we indeed call them uh, by name frequently um, here in, in, in our sacred uh, spaces. Uh, but I also wanted to sort of share my most visceral, visceral response to that question why we hide our trauma inside religion, and, and I do think about it in an ancestral context. I do think about it in, in terms that we created religion. We birthed religion and, and gifted religion to the world. Uh, we birthed spiritual practice. We birthed ritual and ceremony to the world. And the context in which we operate in that has shifted greatly in the last 2,000 years. And so we've shifted our power away from ourselves to outside ourselves, away from nature to pharmaceutical companies, away from, from the natural organic processes to what's more technical and commercial and, and, and readily accessible. And so as we introduced yesterday in the discussion, how we define religion, how we define spirituality, how we define church, has everything to do with how we answer that question, and why we need to answer and address that question. The 
natural inclination for indigenous people to seek spirit for an answer, to seek nature for an answer, must be revived and strengthened in its modern context so that our spiritual houses, our sacred spaces are indeed places of not just uh, money exchanging, uh, as was introduced in the conversation yesterday, neophyte Gokur and and, and the Christ and the money changes in, in, in the house of God, but also so that indeed the healing takes place. The natural organic healing of body, mind, spirit, soul indeed takes place so that the trauma is transmuted into something that is more beneficial, more helpful to not just the individual, but to the collective. So I would also like to open the conversation to express alternatives to just church or just religion uh, to include how we address ATR in addressing traumas and continued trauma. And not just old, ancient, historic traumas, but, but new traumas that, that are arising now with new challenges in, in a modern society. Uh, somebody take the mic. I got a pot boiling over on the stove. Uh, okay. Um, so, you know, when we think about trauma and we think about theological uh, institutions, uh, many times the, the trauma that we face is because of the, the, the manner by which the leader exerts his power over those who desire a way of looking at their journey, their, their path, and this person is supposed to be their guide but they've taken now advantage of their position and they've taken advantage of the power that has been allotted to them, whether allotted to them through that particular spiritual um, institution or whether it's given to them by the power of the people who have chosen to follow. I say this all the time and I'll continue to say this. There is nobody, absolutely nobody, who is so high that they are not lifted up by those people who are under them, who are supporting them, and who are trying to do the work and follow their lead in a journey. But we have to be mindful of not thinking that we're same level as God. And many times when we look at these pragmatic leaders, I will not call names out, but pragmatic leaders of different theological persuasions. Those particular people sometimes take advantage of their power and thus take advantage of those in the desire and design to follow their journey, to follow their guidance, guidance to guide, to elevate, to lift up, to support on their journey. And thus when that happens, you have people who turn their way, turn their self away from any type of spiritual journey because they then feel that that now is that place of hurt and that place of hurt runs deep. And it's hard for somebody when they have that deep level of hurt to overcome that deep level of hurt. We know of so many people who have a deep 
level of hurt in many different areas of life. And their challenge is to go into that deep place of hurting in order to now go in to start the healing process. Mm. How many people have been physically abused? How many people have been sexually abused? And now they refuse to even go and report that. Mm. So now here they are years and years later, and that pain and suffering that they dealt with, it's still someplace in them. And then maybe they decide that they're strong enough to now go and and seek the proper help and the authorities only to hear now that it's relatively too late. We have to look at our healing and the trauma that's being set forth, even in these theological institutions. And we have to be honest about what we are allowing to happen in our lives by these so-called leaders. There's so many, when I look at this, I look at everybody becoming a puppet under the so-called leadership of whoever the hell they're trying to follow. Mm -hmm. And when you step out to be your own self, now you're at war with that person. So, can I add or, or introduce a question? Do do you believe that just um, the introduction of money, uh, coin money, paper money, you know, into the world uh, plays a role in how religious practice um, has become corrupted uh, over the centuries, and not just in modern times, but just historically. Uh, we know abuses have taken place in, in most world traditions, if not all world traditions on some level. There's always going to be that person who comes through who believes that they indeed are uh, higher than God or have obtained uh, fullness of, of God's manifestation, even while still operating in this really dirty, polluted uh, physical vessel that, that we all are committed to to live in uh, for, for a certain uh, season. Um, do you believe that the introduction of, of money, uh, bills, um, having to pay a mortgage, having to pay for power, um, you know, even before we begin to think about just outright corruption, but do you believe that just the introduction of money in world history uh, began to play on how we place our value and Absolutely. what is of value? and what is valuable. Absolutely. I mean, we can just look back at the Catholic Church and the power that they manifest. When we look back at that particular group, that organization, that we're looking at people that, that from the earliest days of time of that church, they were in a significant level of power, both financially and politically. And that power then was ruling sometimes those in rulership. So then it goes down to the view of a particular leader, whether that leader is leading in a good way or a bad way, whether his, his uh, uh, perspective is going to lead people to victory or to defeat. They're at the mercy of that particular leader because he holds a particular amount of power. If we look at it back then, it's still manifesting today. 
when let's look at the conservative uh the, what, what is that the conservative church that was following trump is, is that i believe the I, I forgot their name but it was a that conservative group of of, of pastors the the and, evangelical um, I, yeah 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 and, and their following of trump led to a particular level of power and because so many people in this United States or divided states, whatever you want to call it, adhere to those 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 things that Trump represented, it gave those church a significant place of power. I believe where the black guy, the black pastors, when they went to see him, they made an absolute major mistake because they settled to be able to go there and sit down and not be able to voice what is going to benefit the black community. When you have that place and you sit in a place with the person of power, you, 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 you don't allow for your voice to be just squashed. Why did more people look at those black pastors uh, uh, that, that went there? Because they did not speak up for those who they're supposed to be uh, um, leading and guiding and supporting and elevating. It would have been a totally different story if that fool didn't open his mouth, that dude from, from Ohio, and say, this guy is the most progressive black person or black whatever. He sounded like an absolute fool. And now, here we are with these other pastors, John Gray and all the rest of these guys, right. who did not speak up and say anything in, in regard to elevating our people or seeing just what could be done to support our people. You got a guy who's in office that don't have nearly any black people, and the black people that he has sure ain't doing anything for their own. So now here we are as spiritual leadership. The people that are under us are the ones who really elevate our power. Because without them, what are we leading? We're not leading anybody. And the finances can be looked at and viewed both negatively and positively. Negatively, when a person gets this this money and everything is just going to them and there's nothing that's being given back to those who are supposed to be supporting them. Now, just like I say John Gray in a negative sense because he didn't stand up for our people there, I got to give it to him on a positive sense because there were Sundays that I watched him that he sat there and allowed the people to go into the uh, offering and take what they needed so that they could pay their bills during uh, COVID. But on the other sense, because he was trying to hide stuff from his wife, he went and bought her that expensive car, which caught hell. So it's all about how we utilize what it is on utilize the power, utilize the, 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 I guess, the place of importance that, that those who are following the spiritual leadership give to the, to the spiritual leadership. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. I, I, I would pray that you don't need us to confirm that for you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely it does. Uh, when I think about, and, and when I was a very dedicated and committed uh, church follower, church goer, church musician, 
minister of music um, and was trying to study my way back to finding myself. Um, and I looked at the dynamics of church and religion and state, for that matter, uh, from a more ancient perspective. What, what, what first dynasty Egypt have looked like, a society said to not have, quote, unquote, religion, but magic, but mm-hmm. we know still had politics, still had government, uh, still had taxes, still had uh, many of the modern, you know, ills that we now, you know, grapple with in the West, what would that have looked like? And I think about the members of a community bringing their labor to the spiritual, i.e. religious community, to the storehouse, you know, at the, at the spiritual temple. So the grain, the seed uh, for, for the next generation of, of plant growth, for the next generation or season of food, you know, when there wasn't water. Uh, and then there would be enough for the community. Everyone would have their share of, of coffee. Everyone would have their share of popcorn. Everybody would have their share of the beans, the greens, uh, et cetera. Uh, and, and then somewhere tithing was introduced mm-hmm. into the equation uh, and, and subsequently leading to what my cousin Olie just described, a lavish lifestyle, minister ministries, living lavish lifestyles of, of purple uh, crushed velvet sofas and, and, and gold fixings and, you know, $100,000 cars and, and private jets and the mm-hmm. like. And, and their communities, quite often their constituency or even their congregants are still robbing Peter to pay Paul, still stuck in the credit system. Uh, you know, got they back against the tax man and the credit system um, and, and many of the other quote-unquote modern ills. And that's why I introduced the question, um, is it just the idea of money and material possession of, of value, taking the place, replacing inner value with outside demonstrative value? Is it that alone that has sort of changed the dynamics of how we view and operate in religion worldwide. But you know, it's part of it because when you look at church right now, church is a business. And look at the bigger churches. I look at the bigger churches, right? Because they're the perfect example of the development of corporations. And the development of corporations says that I want to leave this church to the next generation. And, but the next generation is meant to then take this entity and then evolve it and expand it because, of course, our generations are, are expanding. Our, our, you know, the youth is not going to see things in the same way. So we now have where, and it's been going on for years like that, of course, that we hope our, our sons or daughters take up the ministry and, and this and that, but now it's a totally different ballgame with that. I look at, you know, you can look at T.D. Jakes and his daughter is, is a pretty good speaker. You look to, take a look at, at Tony Evans. His daughter, uh, is a, is, Priscilla, is a wonderful speaker. And his sons are in their own realm as well. You take a look at, at you know, different big-time pastors and ministers. They're now setting the stage in the development of these, I think we talked about it last, the last, uh, the last uh, show we did, where now these businesses, of course, 
are taking on the different multi multifacets that then allow for different funds to be coming in and they're making that business like with the sub businesses being under it. You know? So nothing wrong with it. It's it's there's nothing wrong with it. But of course when money comes into the equation sometimes, it's it's now about the power that comes with the money. But what you're describing um, might sound like nepotism, and and if that sounded like a question, it was meant to. Could that possibly be nepotism? And again, when we look back to ancient Egypt as an example um, of bloodline lineages that held power and -hmm. control and and rulership for generations, um, and primarily around religion, you know, the, the ones who upheld the, the ancient Egyptian system of gods versus uh, Akhenaten, for instance, who is credited with introducing monotheism uh, to the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a book, um, oh, wow, old book from the 70s. It'll come to me that even suggests that Akhenaten might be the biblical Moses. I know it's somebody in my audience that's read all the black revolutionary books that come out since the 70s. Help me out with the name of that book. Uh, but but it suggested that uh, Moses was actually uh, Akhenaten mm-hmm. introduced monotheism, you know, and of course created an uproar. Um, our cousin Ramses III was said to have been murdered and killed, you know, by his family and, and the priests over religion. Uh, you know, in many ways, much of what we're doing right here, right now, today you know, for our nationalists listening, you know, we argue about being American or not being American, being Eidos and descendants of, of, of enslaved Africans, and, and how much freedom do we really have, and how much power do we really have, and how much liberation do we really have? And mm-hmm. I ask the question, how well are we using, how well are we manifesting stewardship over what we already have, the inroads that our ancestors made to get us to where we are, and of course, as my cousin Oluye just suggested, the tools and the new in the new nuances of spirituality, religion, diet, holistic living, healthcare, wellness that are going to move our whole society forward uh, into the future. Zoom, if you have not uh, gotten the news alert, if you didn't get the email, Zoom is is the new religious space, y'all. That's right. Streamyard is the new religious space. Will there continue to be, you know, million-dollar temples? Absolutely. Will there continue to be your Taj Mahals and your great, you know, religious centers of Judaic and Christian and and Islamic uh, importance? Absolutely. But as we continue to deal with new viruses and new pandemics and new diseases, and I'm not here to scare anybody. I just offer that you read uh, Octavia Butler's book, The Parable of the Sower, S-O-W-E-R, the parable of the sower. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, this is the new religious space right here. Mm-hmm. The brick and mortar, you know, is now going to take a second seat to virtual connection. A lot of Ibn Ar- you know who Ibn R. Jordan is? No. Ibn R. Jordan is a dude that wrote a book back in the 1980s. And in this book, I, I forgot the name of the book, but in this book, this book talked about every single thing that is happening 
right now. And not only did he did he make did he he, he uh, write this book back in the eighties, he listed every single thing in divine order as to what's happening right now. And and, and so we have people that do have gifts, do have prophecy gifts that seen this coming and spoke about the church and the, the different spiritual temples going from the brick and mortar into a different facet of, you know, how they're going about it. It is, it, it, and now when I watch him, because he's from New York, and I knew him through martial arts. This man is, he's now known as the, the black prophet because everything he said 30 years, 40 years before this time is 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 absolutely on point with no deal given a not many thing off. Right now, it's wise. I don't care what spiritual tradition you listen to to listen to him because right now what he's saying or what he said back then is manifesting now. We're getting ready to go into the third phase, and this third phase is going to be the most deadly. Why? Because these variant, the variants or whatever you call them that are being coming with this, the, the, all the replications and all the whatever it is that you do and you, when, what, what they do with this stuff, people have better start getting their, their health in order. I don't care whether you vax or don't vax. I, I'm, not, I'm not in that argument. What I am in the thing of get your immune system built up. Look at how many people have trauma right now because they lost these people during their, their family members during COVID and couldn't even have a proper goodbye. Craig, I'm not talking about George Burns, uh, George Orwell. Uh, I am talking about Ebenard Jordan, and he wrote his back in the same, around that same amount of time in the, the 80s. I'll get written judgments. That's what it's called. It's called written judgment. And right now in this wave, this wave right here that's getting ready to happen, people have to be very, very critical of taking care of their health. The law of thinking? Law of thinking? No, no, no. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the written judgments. I'm looking at re- written judgments, four volumes in one, the law of thinking. Uh, it might be. Is it even our Jordan? I think so. I might be spelling his name wrong. Is it Ebenard or Bernard? It might be Bernard, but he goes by Ebenard now. Okay. I'm going to find it. Okay. So I'm just sharing with you. You know, when we talk about trauma, let's look at it from an honest evaluation. Right now, if people don't get it together and take care of their health and find value in taking care of their health, then, and try to build up their, their immunity system, their immune system, uh, what, CMOS or, or elderberry. Oh, too, you help me because you know these things better than I. So do I now. Yeah, yeah, both of you. Elderberry, any manner of citrus. I have four different uh, varieties of kumquats in my yard. I have black uh, blackberries in my yard. 
I have blueberries in my yard. Blueberries in my yard. Sunflower seed, we, we, we overlook that as a, as a staple in, in the diet. Uh, I grow my own onions. I grow my own sugar cane so I can make sugar cane juice uh, for you diabetics, which is not the same thing as white bleached commercial sugar at all. Um, doesn't even affect your body in the same way. Um, and, of course, a variety of herbs, uh, edible and medicinal herbs, plants, from anything you can think of, uh, four varieties of mint, uh, rosemary, uh, stevia. Many of you, again, diabetics and low sugar uh, intake uh, participants who, who enjoy stevia, it grows just like uh, rosemary, just like mint. Very hardy plant. It will survive cold weather, you know, and you just grow it, dry it, grate it or break it down and, and add it to your, to your cooked foods or to, to your drinks. Um, and indeed, uh, there are overlooked plants like wandering Jew, uh, purple heart wandering Jew in particular has uh, chemical properties in it that attack things like uh, Alzheimer's disease and breakdowns in, in, in the brain and, and concentration and, and, and ori centered um, energy. So, yeah, um, and both Otun and I uh, can help you greatly, and uh, I'm praying that we continue to support Otun and uh, in, in specializing in, in women-oriented um, conditions as well and bringing some of that information uh, to the table. Mm-hmm. And I do want to see more. Garlic, garlic, onions, all in my back. I agree with everything you said because I there's no need for me to repeat that. Everything you said was correct. Oh, I want to add also um, something good to have is uh, that some people don't know about is slippery elm. Yeah. Slippery elm is very good um, to have, especially when it's like cold and flu season, when you want to present mucus and things like that. It's very good because it stops uh, the phlegm and stuff from sticking to your esophagus. It helps you flush all of that straight through. So that's something. And, um, and I like to, you know, use um, only in like applesauce or something like that. You don't want to put it in no uh, in no uh, liquid because it, it the consistency of the <laughs> once you put it in liquid is like um, slimy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to say, you know, but it's gross. So it's better like to put it in like applesauce or oatmeal or something like that. Much better, and it it won't take on you know, like overpowered as far as flavor and stuff like that. So that's something that's good as well. But absolutely, I have um, also um, what's good for the body is is hibiscus. Some people know it as sorrel. Um, that's made for the drink, but that's actually really good as well for allergies and things like that as well. I make a tincture um, with that for my family. Um, that and I use uh, it. Yeah. I swear mm-hmm. about it, magic of turmeric. Um, I make a tincture with that as well. So different things that can be used, um, like you said, herbally um, things. Some things can be cured and um, used just in different ways. So absolutely, especially. Oh, and um, if there's a, a health food store or something like that, or not not a health food store, but 
um, you know, the stores that have like the natural foods or um, I don't want to say whole foods, but it's uh, like there's a store here um, called uh, Elwood Thompson, and they have like all natural stuff. It's like really expensive, but they got some really good. Some of the things, specific things in there are good. One of the things that they carry um, is local honey. Local honey is very important for your body because the bees that make that honey, um, depending on where you get it from, where that store gets it from, where that hive is located, especially paying attention to somewhere anywhere within five to 20 miles of your location. And that is important because <clears throat> a lot of the, the pollens and the, the things that's in the air and all of that stuff that your body can build up an immunity to that will benefit you, the bees are in contact with. So that honey is good for your system because it will also help build up your immune system and uh, protect your body. So that is something very good to keep local honey, local unprocessed raw honey. Well, we can't say that enough. I have a question local, for you guys. Total protection. Talk, okay. And we can't say that enough. Local farmers, local producers, you know, I love honey that is, is produced near fields, natural, mm-hmm. unsprayed, untreated uh, wildflowers, you know, fields mm-hmm. that, that bring, as Otan just said, those nutrients and elements uh, to the honey that don't necessarily thrive in commercialized farming. Mm-hmm. So I get my honey uh, five-gallon buckets at a time. It weighs 75 pounds, and it's, uh, <laughs> and it's shipped to me. Mm-hmm. And I use it not only in diet and medicinal uh, needs, but also in, in spiritual work. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I should. So now what other herbs can we use that will help somebody in depression? Because now we look at these things, and we're talking about building up our immune system. But we have to also build up our immune system in our worry, in our mind, in our thinking, in our spirit. Because so many of us are going through at this stage, especially as this thing starts ramping up with numbers again. A lot of people are dealing with not knowing if, you know, how things are going to go with work or how things are going to go with rent, how things are going to go with people's health that might be elders in their family. They, they don't know uh, how things are going to go with, with just the everyday being. What's going to be open? Are we going to close down again? Are we going to be forced to close down again because the numbers are going to ramp up so high that it's going to be no choice? Right now, we're getting ready to probably throughout this country realistically go back to the mask wearing uh, mandates. Uh, I can see that happening. Uh, I can also see where now uh, we might have to go and take steps, phases back if these numbers continue to ramp up high quickly. And so I just believe that people are going to go through a lot of emotional stress and a lot of emotional heartache at this point in time for a minute. And what kind of things can we share with them, this audience, uh, in terms of the natural, the natural holistic uh, way of going about it? Listen, I agree. Uh, can you hear me? Listen, I agree. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, you know, we, we've already got the mass uh, mandate happening here locally uh, for, for the most part. I, I see politicians being very resistant for political reasons, 
um, not mm-hmm. to shut down cities, states uh, again, much like we were March of last year. But the numbers suggest, this is not my opinion, that we are very near where we were of March of last year mm-hmm. in terms of these new variants, this D variant, Delta, uh, and that other, I think it's Lambda, Lambda variant. It's in Brazil. It's, it's the one close behind the Delta. So you, mm-hmm. you don't hear as much, but it's coming. Um, so, yeah, I, I see us wearing masks. I see us being um, uh, sort of locked in to some degree um, much longer than we anticipate. There certainly will be another shutdown um, coming if things aren't uh, handled, and, and, and I mean handled in like 72 hours. Uh, and, and the herbs that I offer are very easy to grow, very easy to find um, in, in the wild, growing in the wild in, in some of the city areas, uh, and then, of course, um, can be propagated, you know, by seed or, or cutting from other locations. St. John's Ward is number one. You all walk over St. John's Ward uh, weekly if you visit a park, if you visit a running trail. If, if you visit a lot that haven't been cut, you know, in two summers, you, you've walked over St. John's Ward and did not know uh, what it was. What did you do? It's a common mental health treatment for hundreds of years, and you must be cautious in utilizing it. Um, take it in small doses until you learn how it affects your body. Uh, I strongly suggest that you still, you know, seek a therapist. Uh, a psychiatrist, uh, a psychologist, uh, and, and at least be monitored, uh, if nothing else. If you are unwilling to take commercialized medications, and I totally get that, at least let them know I'm not willing to take that, but I'm willing to take this, and, and I need you to monitor my level. A 2016 uh, systematic review found that St. John's work was more effective than a placebo for treating mild to moderate depression and works almost as well as an antidepressant medication. Mm -hmm. So it can be in conflict with medications you are already taking. So that needs to be balanced. You need to treat it like a medicine, and it needs to be balanced with what you might already be taking for depression. Uh, Another common uh, plant that many of you walk over, couldn't recognize it uh, in nature, if, if it was right in your face, is ginseng. Uh, I discovered ginseng by following my Asian neighbor. Found these very beautiful uh, flowering uh, weeds in in my neighborhood and noticed that, you know, particular month, particular week in the month, they would all disappear. And I'm talking about empty lots, side of the road, and then you go back and it'd be gone. And I had to figure out what was that and why was it being harvested, and, and, it, and it was indeed ginseng. And this comes from, like turmeric, uh, a root of a plant, American or uh, Asian ginseng plant. Siberian, Asian ginseng are different plants with different active ingredients. There's even a third one, Eleuthero, E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-O, so you want to be very clear about the variety of plant that you might be harvesting or growing and maintaining. Practitioners of Chinese medicine have used ginseng for thousands of years to help people improve mental clarity and energy and uh, reduce the effects of stress. 
chamomile. Many of you are familiar with the commercialized chamomile, but whether you know it or not, chamomile is everywhere. You're driving down the highway and you're seeing just open fields of chamomile, but you don't know it because you can't readily identify your plant. And a study in 2012 reviewed data about chamomile, which comes from the Matricaria rucutita plant, and its role in helping to manage to manage depression and anxiety. Another good plant for depression, anxiety, mental health is lavender. And lavender oil is a popular essential oil, but you can eat lavender flowers. Mm-hmm. I have you know, lavender is a, a, a edible a herb, edible plant, and quite tasty, too. Uh, just imagine a good, I know I'm about to say something wicked, some of y'all, good sugar cookie made with stevia, not sugar, of course, uh, but with lavender flour on it. Uh, it has just the sweetest, oh, my goodness, I can't even describe what lavender flour tastes like. But if you can have lavender ice cream. Yes, ma'am. And if you can imagine what, what uh, the, the color purple might taste like, that's what lavender tastes like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so a 2013 review of various studies suggested lavender might have significant potential in reducing anxiety and, of course, in improving uh, our sleep patterns. Another uh, herb, seasoning, spice, plant, very popular in Asia, particularly uh, India and in- Indian food. Ooh, can't afford to buy a new phone. Is um, saffron. Saffron. And some studies cite that using saffron as a safe and effective measure for controlling the symptoms of depression. Um, there's a non-systematic review from 2018 that suggests that saffron have properties that were found to be very beneficial in addressing um, bipolarism, depression, and some other forms of, of or manifestations, I should say, of mental health. Uh, there's another uh, product that I'm not very familiar with, but um, I'm aware of it, called SAM or SAMI. It's usually spelled capital S, capital A, capital M, with the lowercase e. And it's short for S-adenosylmethanine. It's a chemical or a drug. And it is a synthetic form of a chemical that occurs naturally in the body. And so people are suggesting that taking this product, and again, it's spelled capital S, capital A, capital M, lowercase e. And it's short for S hyphen, A-D-E-N-O-S-Y-L, adenosylmethonine, M-E-T-H-I-O-N-I-N-E, methonine. And as it might sound, it's got some components to it that affect the body uh, in a way similar to maybe what people are getting from meth and and uh, meth-produced drugs. But this is a synthetic uh, product that is um, reproducing something that naturally occurs in the body. I would also offer get more sunlight. People are just not getting enough vitamin D from sunlight in modern culture. Uh, Some of you are working in buildings with 
no windows, windows that don't open. Some of you live in apartment buildings that you can't even open the windows or are, are already tinted. So you're re- thus reducing the amount of, of sunlight, sun energy that is entering uh, your living space. I'm a door popper. That's what we call it here in New Orleans. I'm a door popper. In a peep, and I'm at the door. Any sound, and I'm at the door. I, I could be at my door at any hour of the day or night, you know, hourly sometimes, looking both ways, listening. Sometimes I go out and walk one end of the block to the other. Uh, but, but in doing so, I get more than the, the needed amount of vitamin D and sun exposure uh, necessary to maintain those serotonin levels and those other uh, chemicals found in our body that help us to uh, fight uh, depression. And another one that's a little bit controversial is omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, I know we have vegans and vegetarians who, who are just not into eating meat, period. Uh, and I consume a limited amount of seafood in general, uh, not just fish, but seafood in general. Um, and, and, and it's out of a fear of chemicals in the water, contaminants in the water. Um, and certainly we know uh, our good Rasta sister and brethren uh, suggest your shrimp and your lobster, you know, clams, you know, vacuum cleaners of the sea. But that, that's a very unpopular thing for me to say here in the city of New Orleans. This is indeed a, a seafood-eating town, a seafood-eating state, uh, much like Mississippi, uh, much like the state of Maryland, uh, where I grew up. I grew up eating at least a bushel of crab once a week. You know, I could walk up the block, you know, three or four blocks, you know, and for $5 back in the 70s and get a whole bushel of crab, seasoned crab you know, and, and go home and get some newspaper and just tear that apart. So here in more recent times, I've slowed down a little bit on my consumption of seafood uh, for obvious reasons and concerns. Um, I certainly don't support um, farm-raised fish. If you don't know that there's a difference, there absolutely is a difference. You need to be careful about farm-raised fish and how they're produced. And if you aren't aware, you need to find out. Some of you are driving through Mississippi, through Alabama, through Georgia, through Maryland, and you're seeing these little ponds of water out in the middle of nowhere on the side of the highway, and you think it's just overspill. No, that's a fish pond. And they're feeding them food pellets, you know, with various hormones and medicines. And and some people suggest that uh, tilapia is not even a real fish, that tilapia is not found naturally in, in the wild, and that tilapia was actually a, a creation, and, and, it, and it's thus man, maintained by production, you know, in fish farms. So I quit eating tilapia the summer of Hurricane Katrina. I haven't had tilapia since 2005, and if I do eat uh, your menstruating fish, your fish that have a, oh, yeah, boo-boo, I see your face, oh, son. Your catfish has a period, honey, just like a woman. <laughs> your catfish bleeds. <laughs> your catfish bleeds every month. And, 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 and I learned this from Rasta, only to find out that it was scientifically true. And so they, that's another reason why they don't eat uh, catfish. Um, but I do eat catfish. I will eat wild-caught catfish. I will eat wild-caught perch on the occasion, you know. 
but yeah, I know, I know. That's how I felt when I found out about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I think like this whole thing of diet when it comes to trauma and comes to depression and it comes to the different struggles we might be having in health, all manifesting together, all combining together. It is essential that these particular things that we're talking about be very much documented and listened to for our own lives and families. You know, when we think back to the generations before us, they weren't going to no doctors. They didn't really have the money to go to the doctors. They didn't have a choice. They had the remedies within the families. So think of the remedies in the families that were given by, you know, grandma, great-grandma, whoever. We're frozen. Are you with me? Are you with me? Blog Talk Radio, are you with me? StreamYard, are you with me? Everybody's frozen except me. Okay, so I lost Oloye. Is it New Orleans? Is it the Internet? No, so I have Internet, so it's not me. Uh, Oloye is back. Otan is still frozen, but, but so maybe okay. you need to reboot your camera. Okay, I'll turn it back in motion. I don't know what that was, a solar storm maybe? We're talking too much, I said. Yeah. Giving too much information. Oh, no, we can't let them black men give these people the information. Oh, no, he, they uplifting the black man and black woman. Oh, shut them down. Listen, I believe that. Listen, my, I do mom, too. my my evangelical mama believed that because we've experienced it too many times uh, in the last 25 years. Me and Wapani and my mother being some of the deepest conversations, y'all. I mean, deep. And we're we talking about the government. We're talking about aliens. We're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the mob. We're we talking about politics. You know, we're talking about religion. You know, and, and we've experienced too many glitches. When we start talking about certain topics, beep, beeping and, and, and pinging and, and losing signal and, and just craziness, you know, craziness. We mm-hmm. communicate by text, my family, my, my intimate family, mm-hmm. every day, sometimes five, six, seven times a day uh, by text. Mm-hmm. We probably collect maybe 50 texts a day in the course of the conversations that we have every day, mm-hmm. just in text. Sometimes we can't text nobody in the group. Mm-hmm. Can't receive a text from nobody in the group. Got to use a backup plan, a backup backup system, Skype mm-hmm. or, or Facebook Messenger until that clears. So I do understand science, solar flares, mm-hmm. man keeps going up into space, interfering with frequencies. I, I get that. But mm-hmm. I also am open to uh, theories call them conspiracy, if you will, about uh, government and other world governments, not just our own, uh, China, Russia, interfering with technology Mm -hmm. and the uh, dissemination of information. Mm -hmm. It's been suggested that certain states are making it illegal to grow herbs, are making it Mm -hmm. illegal to harvest edible plants, naturally in the wild. I don't know how true that is, but you hear it in social media. 
Indeed, we know that we're fighting against the pharmaceutical companies who would much rather you, you know, bought that bottle of aspirin rather than grow that plant. That's right. Who would prefer you to, you know, have diabetes and have to pay for insulin, um, insulin pens, the needles, testing supplies, the testing machine itself, $500, the test strip, $150 a month, uh, the little needles that we use to pinch ourselves to get the blood, test ourselves, another $60 a month. You know, the the pharmaceutical company prefers that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear, um, I found combinations of herbs that reduce my sugar naturally. And Mm -hmm. and I've tested it, proven it at the scientific level. Mm -hmm. Denise Augustine will be here Monday. She'll tell you. She's also a diabetic. And so we like test bunny, she and I. And we test things out, both of us. And we've seen it. We've seen me take that turmeric. And, baby, my sugar will drop, and I can walk on these legs like I'm 16, no pain, n- no nerve damage, no nothing. And then I can stop and don't do it for a week because I do that for a week, <laughs> two weeks. And certain conditions, certain symptoms will slowly make their way back and forth. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, some of you are skeptical. Some of you got a hard head like me. Some of you need to see it. Turmeric, I call it magical because some of us need proof. Turmeric is the proof herb, baby. Now, if you, you, you slow to walk, if you got leg complications on the sound of my voice, nerve damage in your leg, maybe a little bit of neuropathy in your leg under the sound of my voice, try raw, organic turmeric root, the root. I buy them five pounds at a time from my supplier. They come in a canvas bag, a burlap bag. I buy them five pounds at a time, and I eat a root or two or three, just like that, a day. Now, let me tell you, it's very fibrous. Honey, it's, it, it's, you're going to be chewing like you got chewing gum for a very long time. It's very fibrous. And sometimes I break it down, break it down, break it down, and then wash it down with your smoothie, your juice, coffee, whatever you might be drinking. But it is magical, magical, okay? And, and walk and don't feel nothing in my right leg, not a thing. And, 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 mm-hmm. and we'll be completely, you know, out of touch with it in a moment, and we'll catch Denise will be looking at me. Girl, what's wrong with you? She's gonna, but did you see what you just did? <laughs> did you see you just ran back to the house three blocks and ran back? Oh, I did, didn't I? You know, I, I don't even think about it. it, it it's, it's magical. So if you, you, some of y'all need some proof for some of these herbs, that turmeric will change your life, baby. That turmeric will change your life. And it works much more effectively with black pepper. Black pepper. Yes. yes, now, yes. Now turmeric and black pepper. Now, I know mm-hmm. chew, chewing that turmeric is already, you know, a challenge. I like to chew it with black pepper. Mm-hmm. Black pepper corn. I eat the whole corn, five or six of them. You know, and I might mix them up with some leaves off of my spearmint, my sage tree. You know, I might mix them up with something sweet, not sage, a stevia, sweet and tasty, but I like them naturally. Now, uh, my good friend, uh, Miss Gloria, who helps to maintain our two 
uh, community garden. Uh, mm-hmm. We have two community gardens right here on our block. Huge community gardens. Uh, she's in her 70s. I believe she's 73. She looks every bit of Oton's age. And she, and she get around like she's 21. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I mean, that woman, oh, my goodness. I get exhausted just looking at her. Hauling dirt, digging, uh, pushing a wheelbarrow two blocks away like it ain't nothing. Oh, child, this ain't nothing. You know, and sometimes she jokingly says that, you know, if she had been a slave, Master would have had to beat her to get her out of the field. Because she would have been at her freedom in the field. She would have been at her freedom out there in the plants and in the dirt. And she don't care. She's, honey, like, like my cousin Oloye, the heat don't bother her. 110-degree heat index, she ain't even, whatever, baby. I, I'm about to dig up this turmeric root. Whatever, baby. I'm about to go harvest these figs, you know. And we have a good time. Her daughter uh, is an excellent chef, uh, much like Chef Bougie. Uh, so she knows how to cook many of these herbs and roots and, and healthy plants, uh, like the ashwagandha, you know, uh, excellent for diabetes, hypertension, anxiety, and, and things that destroy the immune system. And, indeed, it, um, it just will change your life. Just pulling a blackberry or a blueberry off the tree and eating that, uh, mm-hmm. kumquat and eating that, Unfortunately, a lot of your produce, some of y'all, that's why Otan didn't want to stay um, whole paycheck. That's what me and Denise Augustine called the store. We called it the whole paycheck store. So we don't, you know, the whole paycheck store, because where do the plants come from? And why is organic important? Well, well, what does non-organic mean? Non-organic means you don't know what's sprayed on your food. You don't know what's put in the dirt of your food. You don't know how it was harvested. That's what non-organic means. And so that's why you need to understand what organic really means. There's nothing like eating an apple off your own tree, eating an orange off your own tree. Now, it ain't free because we pay for dirt. We pay for water. You know, you, you put in sweat, equity, labor. So, so it's not free in that regard. But it ain't like you taking your whole paycheck to the cash register for, yes. your, for your healing. It ain't like what you're going to pay the doctor for your lab test and for your check-in services and for the nervous, the nurse checking your weight and checking your temperature and putting a cuff on your arm to check your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. She alone going to get paid, what, 50000 mm-hmm. a, a year to do that from either out of your pocket directly or out of your tax money. So it's much cheaper to eat healthy. It's much more economical to to do what's in your best interest. And, and it helps you to get through this thing that we're talking about of the trauma, the the depression, the health issues, the health concerns that many are going through. If you can find your way to begin to change diet, you know, Otun and I talk about a lot of this because she knows I'm going through this phase of, of diet, <laughs> you know, diet and all this stuff. And so to change our diet is to change our life and to bring longevity. It is that. Health is well. Yes. And I look at it like in alignment with Obatala. 
Obatala has us on, you know, to, to eat diets that take us away from all of that, the, the what, do you, what do you call that food when it's not organic uh, and you process foods and stuff yeah. like that. So the whole realm of this holistic diet, holistic lifestyle, it is all about a very holistic and organic change in all areas of your life. And then it will go into how you manifest your spirituality, how you manifest your prayers, how you manifest every aspect of your life. So I hope that everybody is gathering from what we're saying. Change your mind, change your thought, it then changes your life. Listen, I not only believe we're being monitored um, on earth for frequency, but I also believe we're being monitored outside of earth. Indeed, for frequency. Um, greetings, beloved neighbor, Jeffrey Odyssey. That's one of my neighbors and friends here locally. We live right down mm-hmm. the street. Yeah, he's witnessed the turmeric root work in person. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's seen me, you know, not be able to barely move. Mm-hmm. And then eat some turmeric before we, do our, our, before we did our workout. Uh, and then see me do things that I could not do previously. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's quite powerful. It's indeed quite powerful. But back to frequency. Uh, Many of you remember me telling the story about my one and only direct contact. I think it was a fifth dimensional contact. I'm not sure if it was fourth or fifth dimensional contact uh, on the scale with uh, aliens or extraterrestrials. Um, But uh, it was through frequency work. And I was working with a piece of uh, amethyst that had been polished uh, and, and papered probably about that long and, and, and about that big around on one end, but much smaller on, on the other, and mm-hmm. had maybe 21 sides to it. It was a perfectly faceted and cut stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it had some stuff going on on the inside of it that I can't even describe. Uh, if you looked into it, it looked almost like looking at digital data information, uh, especially if you remember the green screen computers from the old days and things would move up and down, you know, on the screen and, and across. And this court, this amethyst looked like that on, on the inside. And I had been meditating with it as I do with stones, particularly the first 90 days I get a stone. I try to keep it on my body as much as possible, if not 24 hours a day. Uh, even if I had to put it in a pouch and wear it on my neck, you know, or wear some shorts with pockets and, and zip them up and keep them on my body so that it learns me, I learn it, the, the programming, the download exchange happens. And so I'm laying down. I'm in that twilight zone between not being sleep but not being entirely woke. I knew I had to go to dinner, an organized, formal dinner, so I couldn't go to sleep. You know, so you know you only got... 15 minutes to close your eyes, you don't let your body completely go. But I was in between. And I'm hearing this digitized sound, but, I, but it also mimicked conversation. 
But it wasn't English. It wasn't Spanish. It wasn't French. It wasn't Portuguese. It wasn't Slavic. It wasn't. It was nothing Earth-like. I knew instinctively. I knew what I was hearing was not Earth-like. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And in, even in the meditation, I'm opening my eyes and I'm in like a conference room, an egg-shaped, oval-shaped conference room with with a with a egg-shaped table separating me from the extraterrestrials. And they were grave with the big eyes and they were looking at me and I was looking at them and when I realized who I where I was and what was happening, my you know, my natural body instinct was shock. You know, a little bit of shock, a little bit of fear, like what the hell is really going on? And many of you have had this experience in your dream state where you feel like you're falling. Uh, they expelled me from the room like instantaneously, and I fell. I, I, I felt my whole spirit, my whole soul fall from out of that, that ship through space back into my body and, 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 and jolted back into physicality. It was one of the most shocking spiritual encounters I've ever had. More so than ghosts, more so than demons and jinn, more so than possession. That was spooky for me. Uh, not fearful. I didn't feel, I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't have the fear. I, I didn't have time to fear, am I here to be dissected? Am I here to be experimented on? Has it already happened? Uh, I didn't, none of that crossed my mind. Um, and, and you might think an afterthought, you know, that there's signs of some degree of respect. It was a conference room. Mm-hmm. I, I was at the table, <laughs> you know, but it was clearly something that they feared in me that forced them to send me out of that room. Mm-hmm. As I scanned them, they scanned me. And I mm-hmm. believe it's frequency, Shamafia. I believe it's energetic, Otan. The goddess 05, I, I believe it had to do with vibration and frequency. And mm-hmm. they knew and felt something with me that we don't feel with every average human being every day. See, to, the, to us, this commonplace, we come, we meet at noon, we have lunch, we do our thing. But y'all know we we the oddity in the world. Y- y'all realize that, right? We yeah, we yeah. In, in a spiritual context, most people are happy to be robotic. Most people are happy to be slaves. Most people are just happy to go along and, and not worry about the past, the future, up or down. I'm just only focusing in on my moment. And some people are happy there. But some of us are called to do a certain degree of work, which requires us to have an, an a intra-dimensional viewpoint that requires us to see things from more than one perspective. And not always a rosy one. Mm-hmm. You know, ministry is not always rosy and cheerful and fun mm-hmm. and celebratory. It's a lot of work, a lot of pain, yes. a lot of therapy, a lot of surgery going on, spiritually. And, and you know, those who are doing, because we have people in the audience that do spiritual work, be wise and, and get yourself to talk to somebody. I'm not telling you to go to a therapist, but I am saying that those of us who are doing the healing work sometimes don't realize how much we're holding on to. 
and how then it starts affecting our health. And then before it's, before we know it, where we the things that we've been holding on to, now we're at a place of distress. So do yourself a, a favor. Be wise. Those that are doing spiritual work, be in tune with others to be able to talk and clear out some of the things and don't hold on to that which is not yours. You've got to do the work. I, I, I can't stress that enough, enough, enough. And it's hard for us to say it and for some of you to sort of take that in because you haven't experienced this yet. Mm-hmm. You're not truly working. You know, I'm giving $5 readings on your love life. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people dealing with addiction, abuse, incarceration, you know, the police, you, you know, divorces, you know, rape, real ministry, real stuff, real stuff. You mm-hmm. know, stuff that, that keeps you up at night, stuff that, that affects your diet. Stuff that affects my ability sometimes to do exactly what my cousin is suggesting, which is to take care of me yes. and, and to worry about me. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm up and I'm worried about you and your stuff mm-hmm. and your requests, sometimes more than you might be worried about your stuff and your requests. And so I need Oloye and Otan and my mama and, and, and my cousin Yvette to check me sometimes, you know, on that. Sit down, sit back, shut up, be quiet, be still. And that is why we can never, ever get to a stage when we feel that we are so high, so high, that we cannot receive things from people that have our best interests at heart, but that might see some things that will allow you to get your divine frequency in order and in alignment. We have to be very, very careful about getting to such a stage. Ah, just lost my stream yard. Forgive me, Blog Talk Radio. I uh, inadvertently shut down my stream yard which unfortunately is going to short the show 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Brothers, if we're not guiding ourselves, the healing has to start within ourselves first. Yeah, uh, Craig Burns, um, fairies, gin, uh, gnomes, elves, uh, I I believe the great books of the world, Um, the Book of Enoch, um, the Apocrypha, uh, the, the, the missing book for the Bible, uh, the Vedas, the Torah. Uh, I believe the, the many sacred books of the world would suggest that there were many life forms and entities present on this mm-hmm. planet earlier on. Mm-hmm. And it is suggested some of them had mobility. They, they can go into space and come back. They can go into other dimensional spaces and indeed come back. So the reality that there might be uh, aliens or uh, extraterrestrials masked within those traditional uh, stories, I think is is very real uh, Mm -hmm. and very telling. Mm 
uh, the Orisha, the Loa, indeed may have a relationship to um, um, extraterrestrials, you know, if not be extraterrestrial in some way or on their own. Um, and, and just we've given them a title, a label, a meaning that makes sense to us as we continue to learn more about our past, um, I predict that that will evolve over time. And we will be able to miss, we will be able to properly label um, many ancient uh, stories and legends and traditions with science. So Aiden's absolutely in a manner could be Okay, he's asking a question, I think. So would aliens be the manner in which spirit chooses to communicate because you give it the imagery? No. No. Uh, and that's why I didn't respond earlier to your, your, your God comment. Um, because we are God. We are manifestations of God. We are a diverse and, and ultimate expression of God. And everybody hears the voice of God. Everybody. Everybody. Now, having said that, not everybody listens to the voice of God. And if it makes more practical sense to you, not many of you listen to your own damn voice. You listen to your mama voice. You listen to your pastor voice. You listen to your imam voice. You listen to my voice. You listen to Oluye voice. You listen to Oton voice. You listen to Nicki Minaj voice. You listen to Robin Roberts voice, but you don't listen to your own. And, and, and let's look at it. Are you protecting your health? Are you protecting your spirit? What are you putting in your mouth? What are you allowing to go into your ears? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we um, inherently, the human race, have an is- issue with not only our relationship to God, but our relationship to self. So in your questioning, Craig Burns, it opens up many other uh, distinction, uh, mental health. Yes. If your mental health is not uh, in balance, then you might perceive, you know, uh, the ghost to be an alien. You might perceive the alien to be a rock. You might perceive the rock to be God. You might perceive God to be the rump. May he rest in peace, uh, our, our former elected official. So I call him the rump. Y'all know who I'm talking about. So <laughs> that orange guy. So if we're not doing what Oloye suggested early on in this show, which is taking care of your vessel, your body, then you can't adequately be addressing your mind, your spirit, your emotions. You can't eat BS. You can't continue to live on the dead carcasses of animals, the pus and mucus of cows and chickens, artificial this, artificial that, synthesized, fake food, and expect your body to do you right, nor your spirit, your energy, your emotions. Get some diabetics under the sound of my voice to know exactly what I'm talking about. How high your sugar level is, how low your sugar level is, will absolutely affect your behavior. Your, your behavior. And, and, and you can go from one emotional stream to the other without even being called on, without even being aware, if you're not conscious. They've got to also be conscious that through a lot of the changes that they go through, there's a lot of energetic and spiritual changes that people go through. And at times people truly, truly do not understand 
why some of these changes are manifesting. Some deem the changes as a negative. Some deem the changes as an elevation. In through that, if you can just be obedient in that time, it would be shocking what you can manifest outside of that. And so I think that those of us that are going through different areas of life, these lessons that are given to us about certain things that maybe happen in our lives, certain relationships that end, certain traumas that we had faced, is because those are the things that we have to go through to align ourselves with the destiny that we came here to fulfill. And no matter what difficulty we are seeing here on this temporal level, to just bear in mind that at one point there was something that was chosen by you in all in heaven before coming into this uh, to this manifestation of the temporal reign here. And it's all about how you go through it. The, best, the worst things happen to the best of people. But sometimes what the difference is, is those people who are supposed to be so spiritually elevated are the ones that go through things the worst sometimes. Rather than to be able to stand still, we talked about a lot of what the elders used to say. When all this stuff is going on around you, they used to say two words, be still. Be still and know. Yes. Be still and know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would add to that, I might even be a, a guilty of rewriting that. Uh, be still and know that ye are God. Be still and know that ye are God. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm going to speak directly to you, Craig. Um, it, it's not just talking to our higher self. Your higher self is a segment of God. All world religious sacred texts suggest God spit out humanity from itself mm-hmm. or created humanity from itself or shaped humanity in the earth and the clay and then breathed its own spirit into humanity. And, and the challenge for some of you who are not hearing my cousin Olie clearly when, when he talks about, you know, thinking we are as high as God. You know, because I, I, I don't want, you know, you to misinterpret what I'm saying as sort of holding the line of Judaic, Islamic, Christian orientation to humanity, to God. When I see the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I see ancestors, I see Ori, <laughs> and then I see humanity. I see us bringing those things together. So our limitations as humans sometimes we call them flaws, come from Earth. Earth has laws like gravity, like width and length and space and height. So there's room for error. There's room for gray. There's room for for the black inside the yin-yang symbol. So, yes, there's room for humans to do bad things, to make error. But that's why we're here. This is a bit of a testing ground, a playground for us to grow as Spirit, ultimately as God, and return to the Spirit as even greater God, 
And some of us will return again, return again, you know, maybe in another human incarnation or even in other life form incarnations for which we don't have a full understanding yet. I, I indeed believe plants, animals have spirit. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say that they have a soul. Mm-hmm. I embrace animism wholeheartedly, embrace animism. I've seen the effects of talking to a tree. I've seen the effects of treating a plant, an animal, a human being with a certain degree of sacredness and then getting a response indeed from that. So I think it is man's attempt, and particularly the the children of man who have arrived on the planet the most recently, it is their attempt to sort of limit box in, brand in what God is. Their their desire is to find a God code, if you will, so that we don't, just like folks seeking the shortcuts, so that we don't have to do the work, so we don't have to focus on all the spiritual exercises that you all are committed to, because we got Mm -hmm. this code, and we can then just write it into your DNA. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And within us... Thank you, Otron. Because she knows what I'm doing. She knows I'm trying to get that picture. Yeah. So she made sure she was even and she was smiling and, and, mm-hmm. and everything. She's figured out my body language. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, cousin. <laughs> no, let me lay off. It was like jujitsu on me right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go to me. Um. I know, I've just been, I've been absorbing all of this. But some of the things that um, I was going to say, Divine has just been uh, loving on you all, flooding you with that good herbal information. And uh, you, uh, Baba Aloya, has been with um, the encouragement. So it's, it's basically, for me, I feel that it's an easy recipe. Um, there is no shortcut, no matter <laughs> No matter what kind of cheat sheet you have, moves you make, uh, no matter how you try to duck and dodge, you're going to repeat those cycles and you're going to end up right back in those same situations. It doesn't have to be the same people, the same place, the same things, but it will be similar. You um, will be able to be in the space where you recognize, man, this again, yes, that again, until you understand that there is no magic pill. There is no, this isn't Harry Potter. You're, if it's going to require work, it's going to require some amount of effort on each person's part to achieve the growth they want. And at the end of the day, it's not so much as, oh, I couldn't get this far, or people say, oh, I do this, and I didn't do this. I mean, okay, well, how far did you go? Did you, did you quit? Did it become uh, something that you're doing every day? Is it a ritual now? Because we have to also understand that um, you know, there's a saying, uh, faith without works is dead. You can't just go, oh, God, do me, and then just sit there and go look out the window. What are you doing in your meantime to do the work? How are you growing? How are you evolving? How are you elevating? Are you putting in the work, or are you just sitting there swimming your thumbs, hoping that something's dropping your lap, but it doesn't work now? We all have to do the work, and we must remember to uh, be in the mindset to give ourselves um the grace and not be so hard uh, on the things that we do or don't do because some progress is, is, is better than no progress. I was always taught that something beats for nothing. So as long as you're 
putting one foot in front of the other. Even for some people, so much as getting up out the bed in the morning, going in there, washing your face, brushing your teeth. For some people, that may seem like a lot. But if you can get up and you can do that, that's something. So remember to applaud yourself in the small victory. It's going to be bit by bit. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Applaud yourself in the small victory, but keep moving, and that's going to be the key. You don't have to accomplish mountains in a minute, but keep moving because the little things will eventually, over time, add up to very big things. So you have to be willing to at least move here. And ask for what you need. Ask. Ask. You have not because you ask not. Ask for help. Ask for support. Ask for guidance. Ask for the resources. Ask. Be willing to ask. A closed Mm -hmm. mouth does not get fed. And then understand, when we're difficult on ourselves, we develop more blockages. When we are gentle on ourselves, is what we call in Yarabat, Uba, Uba Fele, to be gentle, have gentle character. That is, as my cousin was saying, to be able to forgive yourself for maybe choices that weren't the best. Forgive yourself for not maybe fulfilling everything you feel that you should be. Being gentle on yourself and not so holding on to things that, in essence, cause more blockages in what you desire to accomplish. I think I shared before, and I'll quickly share. That is the premise of what even Chinese medicine is. And why is Chinese medicine so just different than Western medicine? Because it looks at root, and it looks at what is blocked. And they realize that when it's blocked, it's not getting the nourishment that it's supposed to get. So therefore, the first goal is to find out where your blockages are. Once they find out where your blockages are, then they work on that area to open up that area to get natural flow of energy and blood flow through that place, the chi, your chi. Well, it's interesting because chi, when it comes to uh, the ego, it said that that's another ver- way of saying God. So that's saying your chi is your God consciousness flowing through your body that allows you to be and rise up and elevate to who you're supposed to be. So you have to see how these words kind of tie in now. And it's all about how you embody what the meanings or the definitions of these words. Without chi force, there is no life when it comes to the uh, uh, traditional African medicine. So, in that, be gentle on yourself and find out where your blockages are. And then work on opening up those blockages so that you have the the divine flow through, through your body that will allow you to facilitate a full realm of healing, of life, of love. What, what, they used to, what they say all the time, love and light, all of that in your, in your, in your uh, life. Pastor, and I would also um, add to that that um, it also lends to the idea of being mindful of uh, our mindset. We have to look at um, part of doing the work is being, uh, being mindful of the things that we think because 
a lot of the times people say, oh, that's just the word. The word has power. Well, before you have words, your word started what? Thought. Thought. So we have to be mindful of what we think as well as what we speak. When you, when you want to manifest something, when you're praying on something, or even when you're speaking on something to someone, and you hear someone go, I, I want to touch, 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 if I can get that, that right there. Don't say if, say when. Be intentional in the things that you want, because if implies the possibility of failure. If means wrong in what you cannot receive, and since that is something that we want to eliminate, in the essence of we have what we say, your mm-hmm. mindset, change your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. use the word if, remove that. Use the word if, mm-hmm. because when puts you in the energy of expectation. When puts you in the energy of being ready to receive. When mm-hmm. is you letting the universe and you letting spirit know, I don't need to know your plan, but I'm expecting. Sure. So I know you're going to do those things. And while you are knowing that, do the work inside. Start investigating and going deep and finding out the things that you need to pull out, things that need to be studied, things that need to be changed or altered. And while you're doing that, you will see the results of that which you have already spoken out into the universe. You will see the residuals and the fruit of that coming back as long as you are willing to do the work. It doesn't have to be a mile, but it does have to be you know, with that also, when you can do that, it allows that things just manifest to you without even you working hard. Without even you working hard. You show up at an interview. O'Toole knows what I'm talking about. You show up at an interview. You're in the interview for five minutes, and you're hired on the spot. Why? Because the divine is in alignment with you. It's nothing that you had to work for because you did the work before. You did prayers. You did offerings. You shared this is what you need. And you know what? Spirit said, since you came to me like you were supposed to, let me show you who I am. Let me show you my divine power. Now, you need this. You have ways to make it happen. Now it's all about the work that you're going to do when you get there. Because we're not going to do what we can. And everything we know is our job to do. Sometimes we have to learn how to really, what they say, let go and let Mm die. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And sometimes the blockage that you feel is you. That's right. Because they're worrying about, well, how can I do this? How can I do this? And this needs to happen and that needs to happen. And the whole time you saying, I, 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 that, that made me above your key grade. Sometimes you need to focus on the little things and what you can actually do and not worry about how those other things are happening because as you're doing what you can and what you know to do, that other stuff is getting worked out for you. So that way when you turn on and go, okay, well, I did this, but now I need to, oh, oh, okay, thank you. And how does it show that it's in divine alignment? When you go to bed late, and then you set your alarm for a certain time, and you wind up waking up two hours early, and you're trying to figure out why. Then you go back and check your email and say, oh, that's wrong. Uh-huh. And then 
I'm supposed to be in a Zoom meeting in 15 minutes that I forgot, <laughs> that I forgot about. Yeah, that was me this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, you're like, wow. And now you just take your steps because it's already being shown to you. You've got to look at the pieces that happened beforehand. You wasn't supposed to, to miss this. Yeah. And if you just follow what you're supposed to do, Everything is already in divine order for you. It's already worked out. It's already done. It's that old search song. It's already done. I can't say (laughs) that. So it's already done. It's already manifested. It's already in place. It's already taken care of. Now step into it. And once you step into it, you'll see that other stuff inside of that stuff will open up for you too. Ashe. And and let me make an announcement, too, before I forget. Um, we're having a virtual event. Uh, it was originally uh, scheduled to be at the historic Presbyterian Museum, uh, the Louisiana State Museum here in Jackson Square, French Quarter, New Orleans. Uh, it will now be held entirely online. So I'm officially inviting everyone to mark your calendar. Thursday, August 5th. 2021, Thursday, August 5th, 2021, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time to 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, exactly an hour and a half. This event is sponsored by, funded by, promoted by Louisiana State Museum and Friends of the Cabildo. This program is taking place virtually on Zoom, not in person. Join us for an evening exploring the spiritual connections and influence of voodoo in black masking traditions. Moderated by curator Kim Zaz DeVille. Hosted in connection with the current exhibition, Mystery in Motion, African-American Masking and Spirituality in Mardi Gras. This Exhibit is now being featured at the Presbyterian here in Jackson Square. Uh, a few more months, I believe. Uh, I think to the end of August. Uh, then it's going to Paris to a museum in Paris for a year. This particular Zoom event um, will talk specifically about Mardi Gras. We will share how our spiritual practices have shaped our past as black masking Mardi Gras Indians parade members, leaders, and carnival traditions. And since at least the 1800s, voodoo beliefs have been intertwined with Mardi Gras masking traditions. Panelists will explore how the history and legacy of voodoo in New Orleans has influenced their practices, as well as discuss how they incorporate contemporary spirituality into carnival as current Practitioners, You know, Mardi Gras is known as Carnival around the world, in West Africa and in Brazil. This event is free. It's open to the public. It, it is now taking place entirely online via Zoom. Pre-registration is required. And a Zoom link will be sent. Uh, give me a second. I'm going to copy and paste it for y'all. And a Zoom link will be sent to your email to the registrants by way of email on the day of the program. 
So we ask you to follow this Zoom link here. Oh, my God. That looked like I got the whole code from the entire page. Uh, let me try that again. It's probably a PDF, but it still shouldn't. It still shouldn't look crazy like that in the chat. So let me try that again. No, it's not coming through. Oh no, this is better. This might be better. Yeah, the last one that I sent. I know it's long, but it's accurate. So it'll take you directly to. Let me make sure before I tell a lie. It might not be complete. So um, I'm going to post it on Facebook. Uh, both, uh, All three of us will post it in some way in our groups on our Facebook page so that you can access the link. Uh, our panelists will be Keishana Jones-Lee, is a world-renowned actress, singer, educator, casting director arts administrator, and religious culture bearer from New Orleans. She has a B.A. in theater, performing arts and speech communication from Dillard University, and an M.A. in arts administration from the University of New Orleans. Jones Lee has performed in plays, including Broadway's Ain't Misbehaving, Shaking That Mess Out of Misery, and for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Mm-hmm. And has sung with shades of praise New Orleans interracial gospel choir, the New Orleans Black Choral, and the New Orleans Opera. She is a practicing Catholic, and she has studied various African traditional religions, such as Ifa and Odenani. Jones Lee has been a member of the crew of Oshun for five years and serves as a public relations officer. She participated as a writer in the Zulu Parade for 20 years as a diamond cutter. I also am on the panel, uh, a high-profile psychic spiritualist advisor, practitioner, minister, sought-after practitioner in the city of New Orleans, voodoo culture and tradition. Um, I have been a resident of New Orleans for 23 years, and I'm an actor and cultural performer in the historic Trené neighborhood. I'm a longtime member and advisor of Congo Square Preservation Society, uh, Fog Bar Treme Association, and uh, Treme, Greater Treme Consortium. I'm also a black masking Indian maroon chief. And as a former evangelical minister of music, um, I have been ministering in African traditional religious systems for more than 25 years. I'm sorry, 35 years and have been featured on Buried Worlds with Don Wildman, uh, Monstrum, PBS, The uh, Atlas of Cursed Places, um, Nat Geo, among other movies, TV shows, and documentaries. Uh, my suits are featured in the current exhibit, Ministry in Motion, African-American Masking and Spirituality in Mardi Gras at the Presbyterian. We will also be featuring Big Chief Alfred Duchette. is a long lifelong New Orleanian and a man of many talents who has worked as a carpenter, race car driver, horseman, nightclub owner, musician, and black masking Indian. In the 1970s, he and his brothers owned the club Nightcap One and Nightcap Two. 
which hosted such arts as the meter, such acts as the meter, the Neville brothers, Marvin Gaye and Deacon John. As race, as race car builders and drivers, they were the first African-Americans to integrate the track at Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And they raced in Louisiana, Texas, and Alabama. Big Chief Duchette began sewing suits as a black masking Indian in 1989. His 2001 Marie Laveau suit depicted a graveyard scene of the voodoo queen. He was inspired to create the song Marie Laveau, which can be found on YouTube, Marie Laveau by Alfred Duchette. Uh, and his name is spelled D-O-U-C-E-T-T-E. And the song is called Marie Laveau, 1998, after the Reverend Voodoo Queen um, came to him in a dream and, and gave him the song. The Big Chief Duchette has performed songs from his Marie Coming Out EP with acts such as Bamboola 2000, James Andrews, Trumbo Shorty, Dr. John, Cyril Neville, Kermit Ruffin, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, and many others. He has performed at venues around the city and at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. I have performed with him uh, at Kermit Ruffin's uh, uh, Treme Club around the corner. He's from my house, uh, French Quarter Fest, and Satchmo Summer Fest. We will also feature Risa. Many of you know her as Cinnamon Black. The Seal is a cultural ambassador, entertainer, big queen of the spirit of Fayaya, uh, featuring um, Big Chief. Um, um, oh, wow, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Victor Harris. Big Chief Victor Harris uh, of the Mandingo Warriors, Black Masking Indian Tribe, and a voodoo practitioner and reader at the New Orleans Historic Voodoo Museum. She is a cultural consultant for documentaries, film industry projects, and media outlets such as ESPN, Spike TV, Travel Channel, and Fusion Network. She was also the producer of New Orleans Live, which aired on the cable access channel NOA TV. She has danced with Nkafu, traditional African dance company, and Casa Samba, a Brazilian dance company, both based in New Orleans. Basile masked as a renegade-style baby doll and has masked with the Gold Digger baby dolls and the T. Eva Ernie Kado baby doll. I'm also a Gold Digger baby doll. Some of you all have seen that banner, uh, that gold banner hanging on my, on my wall. She has masked with family and sister groups and has founded several groups of baby dolls, including the now defunct New Orleans baby dolls, and the well-known Treme Million Dollar baby dolls. And, of course, our beloved moderator will be Kim Vaz Deville, is a professor of education at Xavier University of Louisiana and co-creator of the exhibition Mystery in Motion, African-American Masking and Spirituality in Mardi Gras. Her research focuses on expressive arts in response to social trauma. Her book, The Baby Doll, Breaking the Race and Gender Barriers of the New Orleans Mardi Gras Tradition, circa 2013, was the basis for a Louisiana State Museum exhibition and selected for one book, One New Orleans, 
One Book, One New Orleans is a local uh, book or literary organization, I should say. Her anthology, Walking Ratty, The Baby Dolls of New Orleans, circa 2018, further explored the tradition. She is currently collaborating with Norman Francis, Xavier's longtime president, on his biography. So we certainly do invite you to uh, go to your Facebook page, uh, if you can't wait for me to do it, and search Voodoo and Spirituality in Black Masking Traditions. This is a free online Zoom event, Thursday, August 5th, 2021, at 6 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time, and it will be right about an hour uh, and a half long. So I appreciate your, uh, your patience with that announcement. I'm giving you the opportunity to share that uh, internationally. I appreciate everyone in the chat uh, who's been with us. Of course, I love and appreciate my cousins, Otun Ifatumiwa, Iya, Iya, Otun Ifatumiwa, and Oloye Ifawole, Oladeji Ifatande. I certainly do appreciate you as well. Um, I'm so grateful for y'all and what we're doing and what we're moving forward. Um, at some point, we're going to meet at the crossroads with Bishop Cheeks. Remember, I gave y'all some homework. I told y'all to Google Bishop Rainier Cheeks, Bishop Rainey Cheeks, for those who love and know him. Uh, we're building a virtual sanctuary, much like this. So this will be an extension, a growing extension of your elay. Beloved Oloye, your Ile, beloved Otun, your house, Shamafia, your house, Enzo Khalifa, who's doing great things in California, by the way, Enzo Khalifa. Um, so tune in, check in, understand that we have a job to do. We're here for a reason. We're not here to entertain or to be entertained, though you might find it entertaining. This is about life. This is about survival. About life and death. And so we are grateful under the eyes of the great powers of the universe to have the opportunity to minister and administer spiritual healing, spiritual food, spiritual ministry to the masses. And we all collectively and individually invite you in to our houses, to our sacred spaces, to our healing centers. So please jot down my cousin, Oloye Ifawole, Oladeji Ifatunde, his contact information, chief priest of Igle Iseche, Oladeji Inner Consciousness Spiritual Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. His email address, I-L-E-I-F-A-O-L-A-D-E-J-I at gmail. Dot com. I think that's your Instagram tag. Okay, so that's his Instagram tag. And also, please support this house and this spiritual ministry, this Ile of the beloved Ian Ia Otan Ifa Tomiwa of Armor and Grace. She's open to everyone, men, women, and children, but certainly to meet the needs of women uh, in, in a way that both my, uh, my cousin and myself may not necessarily um, address. And, and I must say, um, 
I probably don't say it enough. You know, my house is absolutely uh, LGBTQ plus friendly. My house is open to everyone, so I don't wave a rainbow flag. I don't have a rainbow flag, you know, behind my head. You know, most of you know, you know, that, that, I, that I'm openly gay, though I'm celibate and I don't date and I don't have a lover, you know, but I support my community and I'm here for my community. So this is indeed about family. But I didn't want it to be a gay show any more than I wanted it to be just a voodoo show. It's a little bit of everybody here. Ephah's here, Christians are here, Rastas are here, Muslims come through here, Hindus come through here, gays and straights come through here. The five genders pass through here. So I, I, I don't want to speak for my cousins, but I certainly speak for myself. My house is open to everyone, irregardless of gender. My house is also, as long as you come with good Iwapeli. Good Iwapeli, respect. Yes. And follow the protocols of the house. You know, we, I do not uh, uh, sit there and, and uh, I forgot what even that word is, because I, I, don't, I don't go by that. <laughs> so whatever it is that you do in your life, if you're living your life in a good way and you wish to be a part and you wish to learn and grow in the tradition, you're welcome. But leave the drama somewhere else and just come with good heart and good spirit, good integrity, and then we will help you. Ashe, thanks. It's all of that. Exactly. Ashe. Ashe. Um, I, I got information that the link doesn't work. So uh, let me try again. Give me a second here. And see if I got it now. I think I pushed the wrong uh, link generator. I tried to copy the URL and that didn't work. So I used the Facebook uh, link URL shortening tool. So uh, what you see now, somebody in the chat tried that for me. That should get you there. That should get you there. And please, I, I don't feel like I need to beg or say it every day or you know, address you on it. Some of you have not followed me at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen, divine hyphen print. The hyphen is the little dash or subtraction mark, the divine print. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen, divine hyphen print. Some of you have not followed me on YouTube have not liked the show, have not left commentary, have not shared. And indeed, we are open to your commentary, your commentary, your criticisms, your likes, your loves, your dislikes. We're open to it, but we certainly do appreciate some continued feedback on our efforts here in the show. And certainly, we appreciate those of you who are contacting us uh, individually and collectively to get your work done and to join our houses, and to join our, our collective community. So it is... Say that again. As as it okay, great, great. So now you have the correct um, link so that you can join the August uh, 5th event. I have smart lighting, so I don't know why my light just went out. But any of you, maybe it knows. Oh, it does. It knows that my show ends at this time. 
and it's programmed to turn off automatically. So everything is working. Yeah, I got a smart house, y'all. I got a smart house. So thank you all. Greetings, Liam, Richard. We certainly appreciate you, beloved. Chef Bougie, my beloved cousin, Armored and Grace, the Mafia Rothschild. Listen, you should be an actress. I don't know what's going on with you, beloved. I hope you receive this in love. Uh, I see you on Instagram. Shamafia comes through with these accents. So I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if it's a spiritual thing with you. Um, I have a similar thing. Uh, For instance, when I get really angry, I start speaking Arabic and gesturing for people's throats. It's it's really not cute. You don't don't want to see it. Um, Yeah, I, I, I can get into certain moods. Uh, I can go into voodoo possession and speak Creole, speak French fluently, speak Spanish fluently. And Shamafia, um, just follow Shamafia on Instagram. Girl be coming through, sometimes it's like she's British, you know, sometimes it's like she's South African. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's intentional. I really don't. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if it's an extension of some kind of acting skill or ability. Or if it might, on a serious level, might be something else. But I find it impressive. Uh, I do. Uh, so I appreciate you all. Let's interlink beyond the show. Let's befriend each other in social media. Join my TikTok. Join my Twitter. You know, visit New Orleans. Follow the, the protocol. Cover your face. Wash your hands. You know, and come and see me sometime. All is a blessing. Greetings and salutations, one and all. Please enjoy your day. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, she she got, no, no, no. She's there. She got a yard full of chickens, big chickens. She got chickens and roosters, honey, and they love her. She can pick them. She, 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 like, she is like a well-trained practitioner. She can pick those chickens up. They don't blink. They, they, they don't bat an eye. They don't fear her. She can hold them upside down. She can flip them around, and, and they just fall in the trance for her. Oh, chicken whisperer. Yeah, okay. she's a chicken whisperer. So, indeed, if she, you know, went through the proper initiation, you know, and gained the right to the night, that, that would be Shamafia. Because that, okay. that chicken is just going to surrender and, okay. and let Shamafia just do her thing. I've seen it in the video. It's 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 powerful, girl. It's powerful. I'm gonna call when I get okay. Get my land up, and uh, I'm gonna call her to run go some chicken. She don't I'm fight. She don't fight chicken. <laughs> you don't cockfight, do you, Shamafia? And I ain't trying to get you, I ain't trying to get you in no trouble with the law, but her chickens look too well cared for, so she ain't doing no cockfighting. <laughs> yeah, her chickens are, are well fed, well well cared for, healthy chickens. And, and even her roosters are very passive with her. I've never seen her roosters aggress her, really, at all in her videos. It's amazing. I've got to go to Georgia. Um, I do plan to go to Georgia sometime in the next six months, depending on what this pandemic is going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And Shamafi is one of the people that I'm going to see. i got a list of people in Georgia that I need to reconnect with. Uh, I have a bishop, uh, elder bishop, Bishop L., in, in uh, Atlanta, in area, in, in uh, Georgia, who I, I helped to assist in creating a church 
back in the 90s with um, I Gotta Go See in Georgia. So, Shamasia uh, Rothschild, I'll be there soon enough, beloved. Now, no plane. I'm going to have to drive because I can't trust people hygiene. But I'll be coming through. I'll be coming through soon enough. I appreciate you all. I love you all. I know you all got a schedule. I've got to go eat. You know how I do. I've got to go eat. I did have, you know, a protein drink before I came on, but I've got to go eat some real food now. Some field peas with some snap green beans in it. Uh, well seasoned, of course, for my garden. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no pig and no lard in this field peas whatsoever. <laughs> I don't use that to season my beans and my greens. Don't use the pork. No, no, no. I use seasoning. Use enough of the right seasonings. You, you can get some. Yeah, it tastes like my foot in it. It do. You use five miles. No, no, no hog miles. No hog miles. Yes, indeed. Until next time. Until next time. Uh, oh, my God. Huh? Chef Bougie, tell your wife I said hello. I'm going to call her soon enough. Yes, tell my cousin hello. Peace and love, joy and prosperity. Mm-hmm. Odabo. And, of course, Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for sticking in here with me. And always for your patience. Um, sometimes I'll be distracted. I don't mean to ignore Blog Talk Radio. Y'all like to listen. Congo but I'm certainly appreciative for my international... The almost Indian. And I look forward the to... The almost Indian prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The almost Indians prepared this place. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the almost Indian, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness no, of Le de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodology is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodology is worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, and Thusly, we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. 
This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat. Heart beat. Heart beat at this place. At this place, beat, heart beat, beat. We beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end. Connected together and singing, ringing, Singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, 
Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. Beat Congo Square. Be Congo Square. Beat Be. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.